Hi, this is Evie. And this is Chantel. And And this this is Married Married to PTSD. Okay, so we have been getting emails like crazy. So what we're going to do is either give them a nickname like we have in the past, like Flo and Helen and Indy, (laughs) um, just so we can kind of keep everybody's um, identity, right? you know, just not out there in the world. And if you want us to use your real name, you're more than welcome to email and tell us. So first we're going to start with this email and we're calling her Utah. Yeah. And she's just sharing her story like we did. Um, So I'm just going to start off with it so you can hear another spouse that's uh, married to PTSD. And it says, hello, I recently discovered your podcast when someone shared it on a Facebook group. And I just have to say to hear people that are positive and trying actively to keep their marriages intact instead of just bail on them. Because that's one thing. And we'll stop too because we have a whole (laughs) podcast to do. But that's another thing I was telling you about. Like those, some of those Facebook pages or groups, they're so negative and they're like, why aren't you leaving? Why aren't you leaving? Because we did choose to stay. And we also know that everybody's different. Yeah. Every situation's yeah. different. In our situations, we were able to stay. We just want to be the positive voice for people that are trying to stay. But also know that gray happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, she says exactly what I need. I wanted to share my story just in case anyone can relate. And so that we're thankful. Yes. So here's Utah. I've been married to a combat veteran for eight years. We started dating in 2010, a couple months before we left um, for a year to um, a year to training and deployments. We stayed together during his time away because we fell hard for each other. Before he left, he was kind, helpful, and driven with lots of future goals like having a family, having his own business, etc. When he returned, he was like a ticking time bomb. We almost broke up six months later because his anger was too hard. When I told him that, he sucked it up like a good soldier, and we ended up getting married in 2012. Shortly after our wedding, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he was very supportive and helpful while I fell apart during her battle. And for about eight months after her death, then a lot of things happened. I quit my job. I got a a great new one, but the pay was entry level. He had been working at a super busy but kind of toxic job that paid well, and we decided to have him quit and figure life out, probably get a new job, and that's when the bottom dropped out. He was honorably discharged from the military, and then he devoted all his time to creative endeavors. But nothing panned out the way we'd hoped, and no money came in, and it got really dark really angry. He started spending money like there was no tomorrow. And when I confronted him about it, we would get into knockdown, drag out screaming matches. He eventually would break something or punch a hole in the wall. And I would leave. Um, I would leave crying, park my car somewhere and just sob and seriously consider divorce. I would ask him to get a job while he tried to figure out it out because we were going deep, deep into debt and he wouldn't. He would just tell me I needed to earn more money if that's what I needed to be happy. He told me often that I would be happier if he weren't alive or that we would never should have gotten married. And he had his friend come over one night when I wasn't home and take the guns because he was having suicidal thoughts. We almost separated a few times and I was planning an exit strategy if he didn't curb his spending habits because I couldn't keep being saddled with more and more debt and keep getting destroyed verbally during our fights. He blamed me for his failures, well, me and the military. During this time, I was battling anxiety, depression, panic disorders, and was barely keeping it together enough to earn a paycheck, and I couldn't talk to anyone about my life. 
to anyone in my life about it. My therapist was helpful in de-escalating me, but no friends or family were good to talk to. They would just lash out towards him, and my own dad said, you know, you can leave. There were no PTS groups for spouses in my area, and I just felt like my hopes of ever having the life I wanted with him were gone. We were cruising through our 30s with loads of debt, no kids, and our once awesome relationship was just constant fighting and resentment. We didn't have any help from the government because he was so angry at them because of his experience in the military that he didn't use his VA or his benefits for anything. He refused over and over and had zero access to make anything happen. Um... If I if I asked him to please sign up for it, he would explode at me. He also won't even use military discounts at stores like Home Depot, so I learned to drop it. Then in 2017, I got healthy. I made it easier to bear his problem. It made it easier to bear his problems. I started reading everything I could find to hear that my experiences were normal. I got raises. We sold our house to pay off debt and got another house. He started to improve a little as I just focused on what I needed and how I could get it. Today, we still are in a one income home as I've climbed the corporate ladder and due to medical bills and things we are back on back in a ton of debt, but he's been able to seek therapy, get medical care to diagnose his problems. And we now work as a team. Um, bear with me while I turn the page in a lot of ways. He stops spending all of our money and mostly sticks to our budget. He cooks a lot, cleans, works on home renovations. We bought a crappy fixer upper, takes out the trash, exercises, etc. He is nice to me most days and our sex life is improving a lot. When we fight, he actually talks about it and wants to. He still is trying to make something creative happen, but um, but he now acknowledges that our lives would change if he'd just get a job and has reached out to a few companies and even tried to start a business with a few friends that didn't pan out. We both realized it's a good thing he wasn't in the workforce back when the bottom had dropped out. Honestly, I think he would have punched someone. He isn't the man he once was, and I think he grieved that for a long time, but I think he's starting to show signs of finding his footage after years of being lost. And he knows he may just have to always deal with his anger never going away. We are 36 now and much more hopeful that someday we'll be ready to be parents. I finally feel like I have my best friend back, like he's come home from war. He's scarred and wounded, but he's mostly home, finally. For once, we have hope. Thank you for your podcast, Hopeful in Utah. Okay, so I actually messaged her back and forth. So we kind of, because, all right, so my husband and I, we're very, not really, I'm not 50s, but he's the one that works. He's the one that's always worked. And I'm able to stay at home with the kids and I'm able to, um, you know, I should be cleaning and I cook a lot, (laughs) but there's four kids, so it's a lot. (laughs) And so that's hard. Like I, girl... Utah, you are tough. You are a strong girl. So I'm not even sure like how you had had handled that even after maybe like the PTSD stuff has gone away because I'd be like, here's your job. Like here's the one, the wanted pages, get a job. And that, because you guys could totally be a power couple if you guys read into it and comes, especially with no kids and you're able to do that before because once the kids come, yeah, that's even more money. But also, like, all right, so I think I've said this before. I have a friend that is a veteran service officer. And he was really proud, too, to take the money or do anything like that. And then once he started doing the VSO stuff, he told Josh, he's like, what, like, claim everything. Because if you're not taking it, somebody else is. 
So it might be somebody else who didn't go through what you went through and they just had a desk job or they weren't deployed, but yet they're all getting these benefits, which is, you know, the extra income, the school benefits, the health benefits. The medical. Every, yeah, maybe, I'm not sure, like, with the medical bills. Even for the mental health, Who's that? Yeah. Like, I would definitely look into that more. Um, I get that he's proud, but you guys also need to put your family and your futures first. Because my husband was able to get out because he was shot when he was in Iraq. He's fine, obviously. But he, they were offering him medical discharge and he said no I'm fine like I don't need this and they offered him a purple heart not offered him but they he was getting a purple heart and he was like saying he didn't need it and Mm -hmm. like the guys in DC were like no you need to take this like you don't understand but I wish that somebody would have pushed us to do the medical discharge Discharge. because we could have been so much further yeah in our lives and then your kids in the future like that will only help you guys um, I did relate to your your story when um you kind of well I think every couple fights about money I just oh, I mean it's that's just what like it our is. Main fight. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will say that um the combat veterans can take the fight to a whole nother level, mm-hmm. but um, dirty. when he the, the spinning it on you yeah. I've gone through I go through that a lot with um or I used to just constantly spinning it on me like something like it was my fault I had the problem like mm-hmm. you need to go fix it and I'm thinking what. I was completely a normal person, whatever that is, before this. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of the spinning it to be your fault. I totally – I can relate to that one big time. Um, what stinks, too, depending on where you live, if there are no support groups. Um, I mean, we don't have any here that we know of. And Evie and I just got lucky that we found each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe seven years later. Right. But, like, how many people – like, just since October, how many people have we helped? And – how like or not helped but gave them another outlet to be honest their feelings and we have so many friends like I have my friend um Peggy and Sasha and they're just like this is just so cool that you're able just to put this out there but I would not have found Chantel without him being willing to say yeah I'm I'm not perfect I'm out Mm -hmm. I'm I'm ready to tell people yeah Yeah, like the service dog was the whole new world because people automatically know oh there's something maybe yeah. wrong with you. <laughs> and which is what made me bring yeah. it up to you at which birthday is, party the yes. next day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this podcast because yeah. I can't stand it anymore. Um, but I, I wasn't, I could not open up. And that's what I would just want a lot of you to know out there is I couldn't open up until he was ready to open mm-hmm. up. I, it, when he opened up, it changed our world. And I slowly, like we're different because I slowly started talking about Josh's crazy and putting it out there. And as I slowly did it, then he was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's ridiculing me and nobody's, right. like, I'm not getting any backlash against it. And I know another time we had, um, when Josh was, and, all right, this sounds so weird. And I know one of the things um, that, in a, another email, who was it? Let's see. Oh, actually, it was, mm, Actually, I don't know. But one of them are talking about like how, you know, depend or husbands that are just so dependent. So that's the one thing that we've dealt with is Josh has just been so dependent on me. And it's been like that our entire marriage. Like he used to just like walk around after his shower until I laid out clothes for him. Oh and gosh. I was like, dude, and now I have four kids. I don't have time right. to dress you anymore. I have four kids to dress. Yes. And so we had gone to, um, <laughs> okay, so we had already used his guy bill. 
And so he wanted to be a cop and go to um, a school, a training school, mm-hmm. whatever. And so since we already used this GI Bill, we tried to get this Vogue Rehab Bill. And so the cool thing about that is that, um, like, you basically have to, like, um, look into the job and interview people that were a part of that job and, um, like, turn in all this paperwork in order to do it. Yeah. So we interviewed two people. One was an Osage Beach cop and the other one was a Lake Ozark detective. And he was like, oh, well, while you guys are here, our chief is actually here. So Josh and I went in there together. So we just think it's so funny. We actually interview for his job. Together. Together. <laughs> and then so, and you know, I was talking more and I was, oh, no. you know, more open. And um, he was like, so which one of you guys are interviewing <laughs> uh, him? And then he was like, you know, after the police academy come back. like we." Yeah. But I, I told him, I said, listen, like, are we going to be up front with you? Like, first off, because he was... 30 and all these other cops were like 21 22 sure. and so we we're like does his age hurt him and he was like no that actually helps and i was like okay military experience because he already knows one way and then you want to teach him another way and he's like no that helps and i was like okay so here's the final thing like he is on medication he's been diagnosed with ptsd because we want to know now like we don't want to start this and mm. then he gets turned away like i will 100 percent be honest about it to anybody especially i mean even his chief yeah and so he was like Everybody goes through things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the way it is. And he's like, the op or the di- thing that's different is that you guys are open and honest about it, which makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. So I really think that that was kind of our turning point. And I didn't really realize it until I just said it because I think, I feel like that's when Josh kind of just started being like, this is yeah. just the way it is because nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. I know. I, I, we realized that the more we were open and people want to come and talk to you because yeah. they, they want to know some things. And, you know, I get so many messages. I know it sounds weird, but, like, people... All right, so my husband is... He's a cop, yes. But he's also our school district's SRO, which is a school resource officer. And so many people love him, and I get so many messages especially like around the first week of school Mm -hmm. they're like we just love seeing him out there my kid feels safe I know I have I know a girl that you know he the son has issues with his dad and he was scared to go to school for a long time because the dad would say he was gonna come and get him Mm -hmm. from the school and so the mom was like it just makes my kid feel so safe like seeing him out there and I see him in the school yeah and they love him in there too and so all because you have PTSD does not change your I mean yes it can change your life yeah but there are ways to manage it absolutely and so we just found our niche like we found what works for us (laughs) which is medication which is or he works out like those are his things that he does to get through okay so he's found his niche Mm -hmm. I think mine is still working through that but uh, going right off of that Utah says you know in 2017 I got healthy yes I have that underlined I wrote it down I have it underlined if you you. cannot change them no you can't but you can start changing you yes and the way that you perceive things and the way that you go through things like I go to the gym yeah I go to the gym I that's something I have to do uh, I just need a moment of time for myself. Um, uh, yeah. To so yesterday we were going to podcast and I was like, what are you doing? She's like going to the gym and I was I'm thinking, okay, an hour. No. Cool. And I was like, okay, how long are you going to be there? She's like, I don't know, a few hours. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, you do you, girl. I've got we'll goals. We'll do this tomorrow. Um, but there's also other things like I, when it's so badly spiraling for us, 
I have to control something. So I usually do that in cleaning. Oh. Like I can control how clean my can house is. Can you come control my house? <laughs> I don't want to control anybody you, else's house. Are you sure? But I found that that works for me. So yeah. like I will clean something that hasn't been touched. And I haven't thought about it probably since we moved into the house. But when things get all squirrely in my life, mm-hmm. that the gym or cleaning is something I go to. Oh, and I read the Bible a lot. Like, and I don't do any of those things. So <laughs> well, I really that's need to get on it. <laughs> but that's just something I've found like when it's so badly and I can't change him and I can't control him and I'm about to lose it, I go to something that I can't control. Yeah. So that works for me. Like she said, the gym works for her and she's been reading up on things that help her. Like I, my biggest thing for you would be to find something that works for you in that moment of chaos to get through it. And cleaning also helps me not talk to him because he needs time to, for me not to talk to him so that he can just decompress. He can think about what he did. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. But I'm a talker, so I have to stay busy or I'm going to obsess of, like, how can I make this better? Yeah, And So my favorite thing is when he's really trying to not – lose it and explode on me have you seen a league of their own with tom hanks mm, yes and he makes that girl cry in the outfit he's like there's no crying <laughs> in baseball and so then when he corrects her he's like shaking physically shaking while he's trying not to yell that would be him <laughs> like i can see how painful it is for him to be like okay let me say this as nicely as possible mm-hmm. without losing my crap on her um so i've seen those those moments in time but for the most part I know just not to push it. Like I need to just let him have a moment when that's totally against my nature. I'm like, let's talk this out. Let's solve this problem. And that is just not him in the moment. So those those are the, my go-tos. I've got to do something, one, to keep myself busy from talking, and two, something I can control. And I would also, so let me see. This was 2000. Okay, so it doesn't say when he got out, right? Oh. Mm. Okay, so he was in 2012. I would, I mean, I know that he's very, like, he's being very stubborn and proud, and I get that. I've gone through it. I've had friends of my husband's, wait, yeah, my husband's friends that have gone through this. Mm-hmm. I would totally just get a hold of, the like, the um, VA and just see what you can do. Like, just tell him, like, you know, this is, I'm new to this. This is what's going on. I just wouldn't get pointed in the right direction. Because even if, Say you don't take advantage of um, the service connection disability, which helps us pay our bills big time. If you don't do that, you can still get the schooling and the job training or the the tech schools, the mental health. It's all able just to... um... Yeah, because he didn't get his right away either. Yeah. For years, he was like, no. I don't... I think he just felt like his friend that was missing a leg or his other friend that was missing part of his brain. Like those were the people that went and got the help until, I mean, he realized uh, we all need help. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. I mean, literally the easiest thing that we can do is either talk about it or email us again. You're (laughs) in the last time that we had podcast, I said, you know, email us or Facebook request, not Evie because she doesn't have Facebook, (laughs) but Facebook request me. Like I will like, let me know, like I will accept you. And I actually got probably five women that didn't even email us that were like, Hey, you said that I should message or that I should Facebook message you or I should friend request you. I did. Cool. Like that's fine. Like I love it. Yes. Get a hold of Chantel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so we also have Steph who reached out in an email and says, Dear Evie and Chantel, I have found your podcast and it has helped me go through what has been the most traumatizing time in my life. My boyfriend, whom I share a one-year-old daughter with, is a former infantry marine. In the first year of our relationship, although I knew he had PTSD, I had no idea how bad. Our first year together was great and I thought I had hit the jackpot and thanking God for bringing such an amazing man into my life. We share a one-year-old daughter together and after her birth, I started to notice a change. I was taking on responsibility for almost all household duties, chores, as well as working full-time remotely and taking care of our infant daughter. He has never had scary, angry outbursts, but I definitely began noticing a lack of patience and felt a huge disconnect from the man I thought I knew from the man I know and love. I recently found out of his self-sabotaging behavior. I would like to hear your thoughts and other women's thoughts about PTSD self-sabotaging behavior. I know that alcohol is a big one, but my Marine is different than the typical and he has chosen to sabotage with an affair. Since the affair has come out, he has tried everything to get help and treat his PTSD. He has been in an inpatient program. He will be going to an outpatient. He's doing individual therapy. We do couples therapy. He's tried medication, etc. My Marine is also a police officer, and I am becoming aware that although he is very good at his job, his job does not help his PTSD. He is getting called to traumatic events and able to process them, and it is piling on top of his combat, combat trauma and TBI making matters worse. I would like to hear how your family manages the added stress from police work on top of PTSD. First off, how (laughs) amazing is it? And this is what I messaged her. How amazing that her husband is going to therapy. They're going to couples therapy. They're going to counseling. He's doing or trying medications. Like that's amazing. That's a win already. I tell people sometimes I, I mean, it, I hate to say it, but sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, rock bottom before you can start building back up. Yeah. Um, and I would say well, at that like point. That's what maybe with the affair that was says rock bottom yes. and him yeah. to try to, like he knows it and mm-hmm. he's trying to get better. I think that's an awesome win for you, Steph. Um, so with the police, the job. police work, um, so Josh, so where we live at, and you're more than welcome to Google it, we live in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. It is the biggest tourist place. So really, he's not on 24-7, 12 days a month. Wait, 12 months a year. Yeah. Um, ours is very like four or five months of touristy. And so we don't really have anything crazy where we live. We don't live in high crime. No. We just don't. We don't. Um, so yes, we're lucky with that. And then, you know, during the school, he is, um, or the school year, he's the resource officer at the school. Um, so I can't really speak to, um, the crazy trauma stuff with that associated with combat trauma and TBI. Um, but I do like when he hit rock bottom in, in July, he basically just shut down at work and he was miserable. He moped around. They noticed it. He noticed it until we switched his medications again. Um, So just where we live is just not a high crime area. And so it just works for him. But if we lived somewhere bigger like St. Louis or Kansas City, he wouldn't be a cop. I just know that for a fact. I I would 100% say that with mine too. Like there's just, they have to know their limits. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are the most important things. So... Um, if it's not working, um, you know, (laughs) 
it may be time to look elsewhere for something different. Yeah. Or maybe he can move to a different job in the department other than, um, I don't know. Or uh, even maybe a um, different area where it's not high crime. I'm not, and then again, we do not know where she lives. And that could be something he could bring up to his therapist. Be mm-hmm. like, hey, this is going on. Because by no means are we doctors. We don't, have no idea. We're just telling you our experiences that we've been getting through. So... This is just friendly advice. I would yeah. just go, I would probably start with someone that's a professional, like a therapist and say, this is happening. What do you suggest? Yeah. I would just like with the alcohol thing for us, Josh was really bad. Um, I mean, I've talked about this before. He was really bad for a few years and then, um, he just rarely drinks now and it's nothing that I've said or done. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't do it, but also he's not. I guess in the same crowds that he used to be in. And he's also not young 20s anymore. Right. So he just kind of did that on his own. So that one I can't really help with either. I was happy to hear from another Marine spouse. (laughs) That made me happy. I was like, oh, it's a Marine. Um, And I do get, I totally get um, having the child. Because our life, I noticed a huge difference Mm -hmm. after we had our child. Um, a disconnect. I don't know what that is. I, I, I went through it as well. I don't know if it's the, the complete rearrange of routine because you're yeah. trying to figure out a routine with this baby. Yeah, and you're also not giving your 100% all to him anymore. Yeah. That focus is and so different. That was very hard on our relationship. So mm-hmm. I do um, connect with you on that. But as far as the police officer thing, I don't... I don't think you connect with that one just because of the different job scenarios, types. And just where we, I mean, honestly, it has a lot to do with location. So if anybody's listening and you have, um, if you have suggestions on how you manage the added stress from police work, please email us so that we can share that. Because that's not something that, it just doesn't hit home. So, sorry stuff, but maybe (laughs) someone else will write in and, and help out. So with that... Yeah, so just send us your emails, and if you guys want us to read them, we're totally cool with it. Um, we're trying to learn how how we have a um, um, a wife that messaged, and she wants to be a guest. So we're trying to figure out how to get her to call in and then tell us her story. So that way you guys can hear more than just us. Yeah, so if it works, we'll have different voices to listen to. Yes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Which is what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, guys, we'll talk to you soon. And don't forget to email us at marriedtoptsd at yahoo.com. There you go. See you later. Baby.